And the words I speak, and the words we hear, be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Last weekend, I was uh, just perusing my Facebook page, as I do too often, and uh, a person I knew here in New Zealand who has since moved overseas, not really a friend, um, kind of a colleague, posted on his page that Judah has drowned and that they were in the ambulance to hospital. I don't know him that well, I didn't know who Judah was, but Judah turned out to be his three-year-old son. And it was just horrific, to be honest, reading the posts uh, as they got to hospital and as they talked about what was going on and what had happened. Lots of people prayed, lots of people posted on that page how they were praying hard for their son, praying hard that their little boy would be healed. They believed that their little boy would be healed and that God would be glorified through this miraculous healing and all that they needed to do was to have faith. Three days later, he posted that his son had died. It's hard to imagine the devastation that they were and still are experiencing, the devastation of such a tragic, tragic loss. It's hard to imagine what his family is going through at this time. It's also hard to imagine the devastation that those many people who had so firmly believed that God would intervene, that God would heal this boy. The devastation they felt that their hope, their belief, their faith had been so shattered. In fact, several posted how angry and devastated they were that God had not healed him. Some wondered if they had enough faith. Maybe maybe if they'd had more. And so many asked, why has why God has this happened? Why have you not healed this little boy? Why did you not spare this faithful, faithful family this terrible, terrible pain? They had faith that God would fix it. But God didn't fix it. Maybe, maybe if they'd had more faith. In this morning's gospel reading, we too heard that the disciples were looking for more faith. And how they asked Jesus for more faith. With each story we hear as we progress through Luke's gospel, Jerusalem gets closer. And with that, the disciples get both more hopeful Hopeful that they will be on the winning side. Hopeful that the Romans will be expelled and more anxious. They hope that their arrival will cause the miraculous toppling of both Rome and the Judean elite. And that the reign of God will be restored and Jesus will be at the centre and they, his disciples, will be with him there in the centre. But they had seen enough crosses on the road and during their lifetime to know how this story normally ends. They've seen enough death to know that the Romans and Herod and the Sanhedrin and the Judean elite did not take these kinds of threats lightly. So they waited. They believed. They hoped. And they doubted. 
increase our faith, they said. Increase our faith that you will win, that we will win. And with the friends on Facebook, they prayed, increase our faith that you, God, will fix this and it will be all good. But we, the hearers, know that with each step, the shadow of the cross grows darker. And we know that God does not fix it. We know that with each step, this path leads to betrayal, guilt, and devastation, and death. And Jesus knows that with each step, the shadow of the cross goes darker. Knows that God will not fix it. That this path leads to betrayal, guilt, devastation, death. What then is faith? What is it that we are to have faith in God to do? To be honest, it's hard to know how to respond, how to read Jesus' response. Some suggest that he is saying that with the smallest amount of faith, we can do miraculous things, including, well, planting mulberry bushes in the sea, which is miraculous, but it's also a little silly. And some say that he is saying faith will lead us to see things in new and out-of-the-box ways, like planting a mulberry bush in the sea. Who would have thought of that? And some say that they are really missing the point, the disciples. Because you can't have more faith. You either have faith or you don't have faith. It's like your arm is broken. Either your arm is broken or it's not broken. Or being pregnant. Either you're pregnant or you're not. And so... Jesus is just giving a facetious answer. Because, well, Jesus wasn't about casting mulberry bushes into the sea. He was about changing the world. He was about the reign of God. And that did not include mulberry bushes planted in the sea. He was about being faithful to his disciples, being loyal to them as they were to him. And through that, demonstrating God's loyalty and faithfulness to them and to us. And that's what we're talking about here. Being loyal, being faithful, trusting. Loyal, faithful, trusting. That is faith. So... In a sense, the disciples are saying, either you or Jesus is saying, rather than the disciples, either you are loyal and trusting or you're not. And together, you and I, well, we're living the reign of God, wherever that will lead, or we're not. So what is it that we have faith in God to do? To fix it all? Well, there are some places in the Bible where God does fix it. Mostly, you've got to admit that Jesus doesn't fix it. 
The reading we heard from Lamentations this morning is an astounding reading of grief in the face of the fall of Jerusalem. And the people are left crying out, why God has this happened? Why did you not stop the destruction? Why did you not spare your faithful, faithful people this terrible pain? And today we join in that, we join in that lament, that prayer to God, that God who does not fix it. And we bring our own griefs, our own cries. Why God has this happened? Why did you not stop it? Why have you uh, why did you not spare us your faithful people from this terrible terrible pain? To be able to pray that is to have faith. Because when we pray that we trust that God is with us even when it's not fixed. Even when we are in the midst of the darkest place, God is there. Faith is not about gaining rewards. Faith is not holding on to a God who will fix it all. We're not asked to trust that God will make it all good if we have enough faith. So what is faith? Faith is trusting God. Trusting that God is bringing in the reign of God. That creation is being restored. Faith is trusting in the reign of God when all evidence is to the counter. Faith is trusting that God is with us. Even when nothing is fixed. Even when there seems to be no rewards. Even when all we can do is join in that lament. Today we remember... One of the great saints, St. Francis of Assisi. And on his day, which is actually in two days' time, we also remember all those who have walked in his footsteps as he walked in the footsteps of Christ. Francis understood that God was not going to fix everything, but that God held everything in love. And that is an entirely different thing. Fixing things too often is about keeping things much the same, but better. Holding everything in love is about seeing the world as God intended it. And it's about letting go of everything that presents us, prevents us knowing we are held in that love. And it's about joining God and holding the world in love. For Francis, that meant living a life with lady poverty, including giving back everything that he owned and wore to his father. And I mean everything. He lived a life owning nothing, not even the habit he died in. Brother Elias, who was by then Minister General, lent it to him to be returned after his death in holy obedience. And in doing all of that, he let go of his need for God to fix everything. And instead, he removed everything that prevented him from being embraced in God's love. So what stops us being embraced by God's love? And what is faith 
then mean for us? What is it that we are to have faith in God to do? And what does faith invite us to let go of so that we might be embraced anew?